0: Thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today that you are encouraged and inspired and we would love for you to connect with us on social media now here's today's message Abraham who against hope believed in hope he got a promise from God that he was going to be the father of many nations and he and Sarah were childless and when the promise came there was a possibility but as days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months and months turned into years and as his hair began to recede and turn gray and his skin became wrinkled and he looked at his wife and all of those same characteristics were happening to her it was difficult to believe that God was going to perform that which he promised but the Bible said that Abraham believed that God would perform that which he promised. He never lost his hope. Hope is a little bit difficult to explain. Hope is desire, even before we have faith. If faith were a peach, hope would be that big seed right in the middle of the peach. When I used to play golf, I started when I was about 21 years old, I guess, and quit many years ago, several years ago. But I just wanted to know more about it. And so I very carefully took a golf ball and sawed it in half. I wanted to see what I was hitting. And I saw in there the core of that golf ball. Well, if faith were a golf ball, hope would be the core. Hope is the seed of faith. Hope is the genesis of faith. Hope is the beginning of faith. Of all the human conditions that we might think are tragic, whether they are losing a limb or suffering from cancer in the terrible death of poverty, homeless, laying on the streets begging, of all the human conditions, hopelessness is the worst. I've seen a lot of people in bad situations, but I've seen them, if they had hope, turn that situation around. Man was not created to live without hope. Hopelessness robs man of his dignity. Hopelessness robs man of his will to live. No man with hope ever committed suicide. Hope robs you of the reason to get up in the morning. But hope is best described and personified by a man named the Apostle Paul. A man that should have been robbed of all of his hope. He was stoned and left for dead. He was in prison several times. He wrote the great inspirational books of the New Testament, most of them from jail cells, and called it the blessed hope. Friend, if you make up your mind, you can have hope in any circumstance and in any situation. But let's look for a moment at some of the hopeless people of the Bible that we might ascertain that what we're going through does not need to rob us of our hope. I'm always fascinated by the story of a woman taken in the act of adultery. First place, she was a woman living in a man's world. Those people that you hear today on television and radio and read their their writings that women should not propagate the gospel, they should not be evangelists, they should not be pastors. Those are people that are still living under the law. There's neither neither male nor female in the kingdom of God. All callings and all blessings are extended to both sexes. Not true in the Old Testament. This woman was living in a man's world. She was taken in the act of adultery but when they reached out and got her and she brought her clothes around her to hide her nakedness they dismissed the man without a charge just let him go we don't even know who he was no problem it's just you were after and when she recognized that she had been caught things began to spiral downward in her mind and in her spirit. We don't know her story. We do know that she was probably Jewish because they were applying the law of Moses to her. We don't know whether she was a widow. We don't know whether she suffered from the hands of a man that was cruel and abused her. We don't know why. But she was in a pitiful condition. And she knew the word of God enough to know What the Bible said the Bible has got a very clarion text concerning that. And being a Jewish woman, she knew this. And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even he that committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. She knew at that moment when she was caught, it was the death sentence. It's terrible when all hope is gone. You know, and sometimes good people rob people of their hope. I was raised in churches that were so good in so many areas, but they were so legalistic. They could rip the hope right out of your heart. I remember one of my favorite preachers preaching to 5,000 people in Louisiana. He's one of my greatest friends. I preached his funeral when he got older and passed. But I remember the hopelessness that he preached one night. It was a variation of what he usually preached. But that one night, I've always wondered about it. And he described sin in some man's life in 5,000 people. And then he said this. He said, I know who you are, sir. You can't be saved. You need to get up out of this tabernacle and go your way because you'll never be saved. Some guy left that tabernacle in Louisiana that night with the hope ripped out of his heart by a preacher. There's not a preacher in the world that has the authority to steal your hope. The world will steal your hope Hollywood will steal your hope. Politics will steal your hope. Your enemies, your friends, your family will steal your hope. But God forbid that anybody that stands in a pulpit rob somebody of their hope. But this woman knew the Word of God. She knew that she was going to be stoned to death. She was hopeless at that moment in time in her life. You know, somebody would, lead, would take this story and think that it is a license to commit adultery. It's certainly not that. Jesus said, go and sin no more. But I'll tell you what it is. It's a story of a woman that was totally hopeless, receiving hope, because Jesus Christ arrived on the scene. I want to tell somebody here today, no matter what you've been through in life, no matter how many marriages have failed, no matter how many times you've tried and fallen, no matter how many times your life has been upended, no matter how many times you thought you would succeed but you failed, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is in this room. And when Jesus Christ arrives on the scene, a broken, lonely, destitute woman in a man's world received hope. And suddenly Jesus is riding in the sand. And he said to her, where are thine accusers? She said, they're gone. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Suddenly hope burst forth. In the bosom of that woman that just moments before had been hopeless. I want to tell you about God's hope. It's instantaneous. Just like that, God can turn around. It doesn't take a month. It doesn't take a year. It doesn't take any of that preaching in Peoria, Illinois. I had a family, a whole family. Three teenage children, a mother and a father in the altar. First time they were ever in a spirit filled church. And I left them in the altar and they were weeping for their sins. And I went to do a radio broadcast. Took me an hour and a half. When I came back an hour and a half later, two or three well meaning Pentecostal people were there praying with them. And I was just, just concerned. Why were they still in that condition of such? Torment and such pain and such tears in the repentance. So I just sat to listen. And the woman said to the five people, three teenage children, a man and a wife, Do you feel like God has forgiven you? And they said, No. She said, Pray more. It doesn't matter what you feel like, it simply does not matter what you feel like. This thing is not based on feelings. It's based on the integrity of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, you might be a failure, but Jesus is not. Your sin is not greater than Christ's blood. Your transgression is not greater than God's performance on that cross. I want to tell you, no matter what's going on in your life There's no need for you to be hopeless. That is a trick and a lie of the devil because Jesus Christ is in this house. So she was hopeless because of theology. She was hopeless because of the law. She was hopeless because what was written. But oh, you know what I like about the Bible? The Bible said Jesus said, I come not to destroy the law of the prophets, I have come to fulfill the law. That means everything that you owe for has been paid. I tell Becky the greatest choir song this choir church has ever sang was Jesus Drop the Charges. Not because it's fast and catchy and just, it's just a good song. That's not the reason why. No, the reason why it is so good is because it embraces the truth of the universe. And that is that Jesus did drop the charges. That Jesus Christ paid for it in full. And He is in this room today and saying to those persons that are hopeless, you need not be hopeless because I am here. And I'm not only the author of your salvation, I am the finisher of your salvation. I'm not only the beginning, I am the end. And so it might be a woman that feels hopeless or it might be a little lost sheep. You know why the lost sheep was lost? Why Jesus left 99 and go to one? Because the lost sheep made a bad decision. What was that decision? It's the one we all make. That the pasture is greener on the other side. Somehow he stayed to nibble at a little pasture. He stayed to nibble at a clump of grass while the other flock, 99 of them moved on. Friend, you might be hopeless because you have a lifestyle of bad decisions. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that a lifetime of bad decisions does not make you hopeless. Because we've got a God that said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means He lives in time in memorial. He lives in the past. He lives in the present. He lives in the future. And God is going to fix it for you. All you've got to do is say, I believe that the love of Christ is so great that He'll find me like a lost sheep. Captured and imprisoned in a chasm between two rocks because I thought the grass was greener and I was deceived and I made the wrong choice and the wrong decision but I'm waiting on Jesus. Well I told you earlier we're never waiting on Jesus. He's always on time and he's in this room today and he says to the woman taken in the act of adultery you need not be hopeless and he says to the lost sheep you not need be lost because I am here. I've come to rescue you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm going to tell you Christ is bigger than any problem you face and you need not be hopeless for He is here. And thirdly, thirdly, Christ is dying on the cross. What is going through His mind as He hangs on the cross? And he thinks about San Antonio, Texas in July of 2023. He's got you on his mind. He's got us on his mind. But on either side of him are two hopeless men. One man begins to mock Christ and say, why don't you save yourself? But the other man said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Remember me. And all of a sudden, the hopelessness is gone. Because Jesus that is able to contain it all in his mind at one time. He's got Steve Fender and the thief on his cross all at the same time. We're talking about a Christ that is able to multitask by the billions. He's got you on his mind and he's got the thief on the cross on his mind. And the man is hopeless. He is now agonizingly drawing his last breath. But Jesus said today, today, Not in a long while, but today you shall be with me in paradise. And suddenly the hopelessness is dispelled. And the thief is now a saint of God. And the thief is not on the cross, but suddenly the thief is on the streets of gold just that quick. Somebody in this building that came here hopeless today, I'm telling you that Christ is here and I've got a lot more to say, but I'm not going to say it because God is saying now is the moment. This is the minute. This is the second for somebody that is hopeless in this building to get out of your pew and run to this old-fashioned altar and say, Jesus Christ, deliver me from my hopelessness. Give me a reason to live, a reason to give up in the morning. Let me be like the Apostle Paul. The prison can't hold me. It's a bl- blessed hope. Will you stand on your feet right now and lift your hands to Jesus Christ? I don't know how many years ago it's been, but I was doing live broadcasts at the radio station, KSLR. I think it was when they were still on Fredericksburg Road. I was doing a broadcast. My text was, why set you here till you die? Hopelessness. When I finished that radio broadcast, still dark, drove over to the building next door. There's such a young woman leaning against the building. She said, are you the preacher? I said, yes, ma'am. Are you the one I heard on the radio a while ago? Yes, ma'am. Please help me. She said, I didn't sleep last night. I had a gun in my hand. Hopelessness produces suicide. I was ready to pull the trigger. And for some reason, that some reason is always Jesus. For some reason, she said, I turned on the radio I don't listen to Christian radio, but it was on my radio. The dial was already set. And I heard you say, why sit you there till you die? She said, I thought you were talking directly to me. Can you help me? Just she and I in that church next door, she gave her heart to Jesus. She poured out her sins through tears. I took her to the baptistry and baptized her. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a church full of people. It was just the three of us, me and her and Jesus. But suddenly that hopeless woman was rescued. That's what the gospel is, ladies and gentlemen. I hear so many people teaching and preaching on the radio and television. But it's always to people that are already saved. It's very seldom to hopeless people. God's always drawn me to the hopeless. As I've said, there is no condition known to mankind like hopelessness. Just no reason to live. Let me tell you, you were made in the image of God. You were not created for hell. You were made to live in heaven forever. Christ came down and paid for every problem and every sin that you might be free. And he's in this room right now. Brother Mario preached a great message Wednesday night on free free God set us free and you're free I don't care what your problem is there's some preacher who might want to tell you you've blasphemed you've done this your chance is over you've passed the point of no return I've heard all of those sermons and they're all wrong if you're in this building today and you're still breathing you don't have to be hopeless one more day step out of that pew and walk down this aisle and there is a God that will transform your life. Becky's singing, I'm through.